Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 112 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. Loss prevention and safety tips to protect you, your team, and your retail business. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. So my intention for this episode is to talk about something most of us don't even want to think about. I completely get it. We don't want to be victims of anything, and we certainly don't want people duping us or taking advantage of us and the businesses we love so much and that the businesses we pour so much into, right? Unfortunately, crime is a reality. This could mean property crime like theft or breaking and entering or violent crime like robbery. And of course, these statutes and the titles, they're all going to vary depending on what city, state, country you're in. Know that these terms are different, but I just want to make sure that I differentiate between property crimes and violent crimes. This episode is not meant to scare any of you. I'm publishing it because I want to help educate you and I want you and your team to be informed. Now, if you're wondering why or how I have any experience or authority on this subject matter, I want you to know that I actually have 20 years of experience in law enforcement. Yep. That was my former career. I talk about it in my membership groups. I don't think I've ever, maybe once, mentioned it on a podcast episode. And I think it's important to note that I wasn't in a desk position. I worked the streets in a major metropolitan city. Um, Yeah, sometimes I was behind the desk, but for the most part, I was out on the road. I am a city girl at heart, and I love it, but this also means I was exposed to and experienced a lot in those nearly 20 years. So I hope this at least gives me some street cred for this podcast episode. Although I may not be a loss prevention expert, and I want to add that this is not legal advice, I do feel I have enough knowledge and experience that I can confidently share these tips with you. So let's go ahead and get started. Some of the common things we do as retailers to mitigate loss is maybe require receipts for returns. We track inventory so we can identify shrinkage. But there's so much more we can do. So go ahead and get your pen and paper ready. This is probably one of those episodes you're going to write things down. And if you're a lab member or a Master Shopkeepers member, I want you to know that I am going to add a printable PDF sheet in the lab under the operations module. So you don't have to write anything down. You're just going to be able to access the printable PDF, so you have all of this information in one place. And in particular, I think this is, you know, this might be something that you want to hang up in an office, share with a store manager if you have a management team. Uh, I think this is the information that you want to share and educate others that work for you. So here we go. 
And these are not in any particular order, not by like level of severity, nothing like that. It's just kind of random. It was me jotting down all of my notes about the things that I wanted to talk about today. So the first one is to create a store layout floor plan that minimizes theft and optimizes visibility. You want to have clear sight lines. So a really good example I can share of this is right now in my own store, we have a large cabinet that's for sale and it's available and it's sitting in the middle of the store and it's driving me crazy because I don't like not being able to see around this cabinet. And that's a really good example of having clear sight lines. I can see all around it, but I can't kind of see past it and behind it. And it's driving me bonkers. And I know I'm going to move it soon. So you just want to be able to see as much as possible. Now, I completely understand it just depends on the the design or the layout of your store. But if you do have one, sorry, I just hit the (laughs) the microphone. (laughs) I get excited when I talk. If you do have an open space, make sure that you can see all the way across it and that you're putting the taller objects maybe along the walls or the taller displays along the walls. You also want to consider putting um, easily stolen or high ticket items near the cash wrap because most often we spend a lot of time at our cash wraps. So move it closer to where someone can actually keep an eye on it the most often. And then if you have a store with a second floor, you know, you might want to consider not putting smaller items on that second floor or adding cameras, which I'll talk about in a minute. But you want to you want to be able to to mitigate some of that loss. And one way to do that is to not put those smaller items that are easy to drop into a bag or into a coat pocket. You don't want to put those up on the second floor. And the other thing to consider is cash wrap placement. And we had a group member recently tell a story that she had her cash wrap originally at the back of the store and someone came into the store, was an apparel store, grabbed like 25 items of clothing and ran out and she was at the back of the store. Now, of course, there's nothing to say that she could have avoided that situation, but she did move her cash wrap to the front of the store and I think it's a good idea. So something to consider. Second one on the list is to install security equipment and cameras. So of course, like especially when you're closed, I think we can, we think about this. But when you're open, I think it's also important to monitor, especially if you have areas in your store that you can't see. I have a few security camera options on my resources page. So if you're wondering what to buy or what does everyone else use, I have some listed. If you visit SavvyShopkeeper.com resources, they're good systems for retail stores. And I could probably go down a rabbit hole on that. I'm not going to, but again, consider installing camera equipment. And a lot of them nowadays, especially with technology, easy to install. You can install yourself. You can set up yourself. They record. You can monitor from an app. All things to consider. The next one is if your store is large enough, before all of you start going crazy when I say this one, (laughs) if your store is large enough and you have the budget for it, you might want to consider hiring a loss prevention team member. Maybe you hire them for store hours that peak or that are the busiest, where you can't always have an eye on every part of your store. Just something to consider. The next one is to remove cash. Don't have cash anywhere that's easy 
to grab or even in your drawer overnight. So you never know what's going to happen in evenings. Of course, there are what we call breaking and enterings. Some people call them burglary, whatever it may be when your store is closed and somebody breaks in. Usually the first place they go to is the cash drawer. So why not make it a policy or a procedure to pull all of the cash out and put it somewhere that wouldn't be easy to find? Yes, I get it. It's one additional step. But I'm also sharing this from experience, not personal experience, thank goodness, but from hearing it from others and knowing exactly what happens when someone breaks into a brick-and-mortar business. The next one is protect your personal property. I don't think this is one that we often consider, but where are you putting your purse? Where are you putting your wallet? Where are you placing your personal phone? Where are your employees doing that? Do they have a bad habit of leaving it somewhere in the store or right on top of the cash wrap and then they walk away and then now their personal property isn't attended to or visible? If you have a back office, put it in the back office. Lock the back office because that's another thing, depending on the size of your store, you don't know if somebody is just going to open the door, even though it might say employees only. If someone's there to commit a crime, they're going to walk in, especially if no one is paying attention to it. So protect your own items too, not just the the items in your store. You want to protect your items. The next one is to educate your staff about red flag shoplifting behavior. And the one thing that I want to say about shoplifters is they come in all shapes and sizes. You, I mean, you can't even probably begin to believe who steals from retail stores if it has never happened to you. So some of the things you want to watch out for is maybe somebody who's repeatedly picking up items and replacing them or moving them in the store. And I get, I understand, I want to clarify that some of this is going to be natural behavior. Of course, I walk into a store and I pick things up and I look. But if it's excessive behavior, of course, you want to watch like for behavior that goes with like swapping price tags, depending on how your items are priced. If they're handwritten prices, that's going to make a difference. Now, of course, if they're skewed and the description actually comes up, on the price tag, that's not so easy to do. They won't be able to do that. And now that I'm saying this, I'm realizing that's another great reason to barcode and skew and title all of your products. Another red flag behavior is when they're constantly looking around to see if they're being watched. They look at something, they pick it up, and then they're constantly looking all around. And the next one is when they're moving away from employees. You know, if you have a bigger store, you have employees and they're just doing their natural thing and they just constantly move away from them into other sections. And of course, some of that is, you know, natural behavior where they want to give space, especially because of COVID. But I think you know what I'm saying, If it, again, if it seems excessive. And another red flag that I want to mention is sometimes shoplifters work in pairs or multiples or groups. So you definitely want to watch for that. I actually wrote down the distracting duo. Oftentimes I've seen where two people come in, one is overly friendly, super engaging, distracting the business owner so that the other person can steal. So you want to pay attention to that. And I'm all for engaging with our customers and having conversations 
But again, if it feels excessive, you want to pay attention. And actually, I don't think it's a bad idea to you know pay attention to everyone in the store anyhow. All right, the next one on the list is trained staff that safety is always first. So during violent crime situations like a robbery, emotions can and will run really high. But no property in your store or merchandise in your store is worth getting hurt. It just isn't. Stay safe. And it was funny because as I was working on the outline for this podcast episode, like literally I usually do this in the mornings because my brain works better in the mornings. And I either work on the outline or I work on the scripting and I watch the, the morning news, the local news at the same time. And immediately after I worked on this episode, there was a news story that came up. That there was a store actually in the city where my store is at. It was a convenience store where it was there was a, a shoplifting incident in the store. Well, the shoplifting incident turned into a robbery, which then is a felony. And what happened was an employee chased after the suspect tried to grab him, tried to apprehend him, and the the suspect pulled a machete out and actually cut the victim's face during the struggle. So that's a really good case where I get it. You're going to be angry. You're going to be so upset that this is happening. You're going to be terrified and scared. But please, please be careful and please make safety first. Shoplifters or a shoplifting situation can often seem harmless, but suspects in these situations can be drug users. They can be under the influence. Oftentimes, they have mental health issues, so these situations can quickly escalate. Again, it's just not worth it, no matter how badly you may want to act on it. The next tip I have for you is to set up a team code. If something is happening in the store, like a shoplifting situation, and you want to alert another team member without alarming the thief, use a code phrase. I don't know, like, (laughs) the pie I ordered is in the fridge. I'm always talking about pie. But maybe there's something like that that you can say that immediately everyone's like, why is she talking about pie, everyone that's working with you? There's a code phrase. I don't know. The eagle has landed, which might be like really obvious. So maybe you don't want to use that. But you know what I mean? Come up with a, a, a code phrase for your team so that everyone knows. And then maybe implement like some policies. Like maybe, you know, one team member would be able to go back into an office and call 911 or call your local police department. Just think ahead. Again, safety first, though. Or you can also use like a nonverbal code. One group member mentioned recently, I think she, I think she said, and I might be wrong, but I think she said turning on like a disco ball. And that way, like the lights that shine up in the store, of course, it's probably not obnoxious. It might be subtle. Maybe that's a nonverbal code, something that gets turned on so that everyone knows what's happening. The next tip I have on my list is to document emergency procedures and instructions, which I just kind of touched upon. And you want to do this, obviously, for yourself and for your staff. You might want to include some what people say like our ICE names in case of emergency names and phone numbers. This could be phone numbers to your local police department. It could be phone numbers to family members. It could be business neighbors who can maybe help in a pinch because they're close by. Let's say, for example, someone has to leave the store 
maybe to file a report or do something or get interviewed by the police, whatever it may be, who can keep the store open and running? Who can come in to help? And of course, you want to have your local police department phone number in case it's a non-emergency situation, but you need to call them. And of course, if it's an emergency situation, call the emergency number. Another tip that a group member recently suggested, actually it was a one-on-one client. We were on a phone call and she mentioned that, you know, she remembers hearing someone say that sometimes it's a good idea to keep an open phone line. So if there's something happening in the store and you can't actually have a conversation with a dispatcher, if you can keep an open phone line, and I know firsthand that sometimes for that dispatcher, even though it might frustrate them that you're not speaking, if they can actually hear what's going on in the background, that can be extremely helpful to them, especially as they're dispatching someone to head your way. The next one is be able to identify counterfeit money. Learn what to look for and keep a detector pen. I don't know if you've ever heard of these, but there are pens that you can just keep at your cash wrap and you just like literally draw like or swipe a line on the the dollar bill and it'll indicate, I I don't think it changes color. It'll indicate if it's a counterfeit bill or not. And maybe you have a procedure in place that you only do this on on $50 bills or more, $100 bill. But I am going to link a helpful article about how to detect counterfeit money. It's by Fit Small Business. I am going to link that in the show notes. So be sure to check that out if you're curious about how you can identify what counterfeit money looks like. And there are also counterfeit UV light detectors, too. So if you don't want to get a pen and maybe you want to get something (laughs) more technologically advanced, you might want to get the light detector. Again, just something to consider. Next tip is to make eye contact and greet all customers. If this isn't possible due to foot traffic or the size of your store, I get it. Some of you have 10, 20, 30,000 square foot stores. If you can do this or at least implement practicing like the 10-foot rule, where at the minimum you make eye contact with customers who come within 10 feet of you. So again, if you have a lot of employees, you might want to pass this on to them. Make eye contact. Look at them. And I love that there was a group member who said, we prevent shoplifting with exceptional customer service. And this is a really good example of it, making eye contact, greeting them asking them what brought them in, asking, you know, just engaging them in everyday conversation, looking at them. This also could kind of lead to a whole conversation about how to make a good witness where you're actually paying attention to some of the details. And now I feel like I should have prepared a little bit more on this, but you want to note eye color, hair color, facial hair, What are they wearing? At least like what they're wearing on top. Of course, if you can, you know, remember everything that they're wearing, including their shoes, you're going to make an excellent witness. But that doesn't always happen, especially in scary situations. And I understand. But do the things in addition to making eye contact and greeting them, do the things that could potentially make you a good witness if you need it to be. And I hope you never are. All right. The next thing you can do is Find out if your local police department offers any kind of like training or service. I've heard quite a few members say that there are small business loss prevention audits that small local police departments offer, maybe even big police departments. I don't know. But reach out to your police department and ask them if they do anything 
in terms of providing that kind of service or auditing for small retail businesses like yours. These audits are designed to identify where businesses and business owners are vulnerable. They might be able to tell you, you should move your camera here. You should place your cash wrap there. You should do this. You should do that. I'm I'm sure they're probably way more experienced in this arena than I am. They might be able to give you a whole checklist or helpful information to make sure that you're not vulnerable or to help you be less vulnerable. Number 13 is to advertise your security measures with signage. You know, I've seen signs that say like wave high to the camera or this area is under 24-hour surveillance, anything like that. I've even heard people suggest that if you even if you don't have surveillance equipment, placing those signs up can be helpful. I also want to add that not everyone appreciates this. So, let me add that here before you like start to cringe. Just, again, something to consider. Every business owner is going to feel differently about this in terms of displaying that kind of signage. The last one I have on my list is to implement internal controls. So doing things that can mitigate employee theft, unfortunately, that happens, you know, by implementing some store policies and procedures. Have systems in place that can help prevent these types of situations. So, for example, a cash drawer procedure an actual form. And there, if you're a lab member or a master shopkeeper's member, if you go under um, the worksheets module, which is now called CEO time slash worksheets, you want to go to the CEO time and pull that worksheet out if you don't have a system in place and you have team members that are counting the cash drawer every day. Have systems like that in place to protect yourself and to protect your business. Some examples of other internal controls or what what you would be looking for is like discount abuse, um, cash handling, which I just mentioned, changing prices, slack inventory control. The more you're proactive in these situations and as a business owner, the less you'll have to be reactive. Emotions will run high, whether it's a property crime or a violent crime. Even property crimes can leave victims feeling violated. I don't wish any of this on shopkeepers, but it's important that we don't neglect or avoid this part of business owning. Be smart, be aware, be proactive, and protect yourself. Some of these situations, I also want to add, can be really traumatizing. So don't be afraid or ashamed to ask for help if that happens to you. Again, I'm not an expert here. This is not legal advice. Of course, I have to add the disclaimer, but I do hope it helps keep you, your team members, and your business safe and protected. Before I go, I want to take a minute to ask you for a podcast review. I try to pack a ton of value into 20 minutes and all for free for you to listen to. If you agree that this podcast and all the episodes have been helpful to you in your business, please take a minute to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app if you have access to that app. I understand you may not if you have an Android phone. I promise it only takes one to three minutes. You can rate it with a number of stars. And of course, five stars would be great. And if you'd like, you can write a review. And this can be one sentence or a paragraph. I've seen both. But I do find the reviews helpful too, because the more I know about you and the more I know about what you appreciate about the podcast or even what you're looking for in the podcast, It genuinely helps me help you. 
So again, thank you so much for listening. I'm always grateful for all the downloads. This podcast has been growing and it's kind of incredible and I'll have a milestone to share soon. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 112. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 112. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.